more. I literally can't handle it. Was Jesus hard on those people? No. What about little children? Never, never, never. Please, would you dare to believe that God absolutely loves you? And God has his heart towards you is so pure. It's so good. Can you move past the distortions? Can you move past the lies? Can you move past the fairy tales and get down to the truth of God's word, please? Let's walk through this in real simple terms. Look at this. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. By the way, that's not me. That's not a reference to me. That's a reference in all likelihood to God, but even more specifically to Jesus. Please see that you do not refuse him who is speaking. Real quick comment. A lot of us spend a lot of time listening to the wrong people. We, you'll dial in stuff on the internet. You'll dial in stuff with your friends. You'll get, you'll get hey, this is what I think you should do with your life kind of stuff. And I'm telling you, it is so off the mark. It's not the heart of God. There is tremendous wisdom in learning to listen to Jesus and stop refusing to hear him. You know, you've got choices, don't you? Lots of choices. You can talk to a lot of people and you can get opinions on anything. You can get the craziest opinions about things. You can get some common sense William, uh, wisdom about things. Anybody see the post about Jim Thorpe, this Native American athlete? The day he was going to compete in the Olympics, someone stole his shoes. He roots around in the trash can, finds two mismatched shoes. One was the wrong size and does that and has an amazing heart attitude and wins eight goals. How's that for an attitude? Isn't that amazing? Don't refuse him who is speaking. Okay. I want to I talk about encouragement. Now, a lot of you know me. A lot of you don't know me. Okay. And, and honestly, do you truly know my heart? No. Uh, am I an international man of mystery? Depends on what mood I'm in, sure. But, you know, I've got to do something to cope. How many of you think I'm basically a good guy? In a crowd of this size, surely there's someone. Thank you, Terry. Come on, work with me, people. All right. How many of you need a blessing this morning? Okay, Margaret. Anybody else need a blessing? Sam. Sam. Come get your blessing. Come on, Margaret. Come on, Sam. Yeah, you got to come get it. It's a part of the story. Thank you, Sam. There you go, Margaret. Okay, could you open up the blessing and show everybody what you got? <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, like the real stuff. It's, it's, it's in there. Yeah. Margaret gets 20 bucks. Sam gets 20 bucks. And a simple scripture just to say, hey, you didn't have to raise your hand and you didn't have to come up here, but you did. And because you took a, just a simple gesture that something good may happen, God blessed you for that. Okay? God bless you. It's real It's not hard. Would, would you dare to take a step forward that God loves you and that he wants to bless you? And God is not, his heel is not raised over you like you're a cockroach 
and it's going to squish your guts out. Can we please move past that? Can we please get to the heart of Jesus Christ? Now, for some of you that, that, that are high law people, sure, is there a coming judgment? Absolutely. Is God going to write a wrong? Absolutely. Is there a great right throne? You bet. Is everything on the books? You bet. It's all there. And the big exam is going to come. But I tell you what, I'm not afraid of that. Do you know why? Because I'm inside of Jesus. I'm in him. And I don't have to see God as a man, a big, big man with a heel raised up over me like I'm a roach. I don't have to see it that way because I'm in Jesus. Okay? And because of being in him, the scripture says that the blood of Jesus has forgiven us of all transgressions. All transgressions. Does this make sense? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Now, if you're outside of Christ, mm, we've got some serious problems. Okay. Look at verse 28. Because God has accomplished so many things, therefore let us be grateful. Let us be grateful. Uh, you all are very, very smart people. Okay. Are you aware that what goes on with our brains, the, the neuroanatomy of our brains and emotions. Are you aware that if you focus on negative things, what does it do to you? Become negative, don't you? <laughs> yeah. And in fact, some people so focus on negative things, a terrible disease sets in. And you know what that is? It's called bitterness. And bitterness will dry up your bones. And you will become ill, physically, psychologically. It will ruin your life. In fact, Hebrews says, see to it that none of you fall short or miss the grace of God and that a root of bitterness spring up among you. Because when that happens, many people are defiled. Joshua, corrupting influence sets in with bitterness. And by the way, when you're bitter... God will always fail you. When you're bitter, there is no good in God. You're so bitter, you're so blinded and so twisted in your mind, you can't see that he's good. All you see is how bad your life is and how life is not fair. And the bitter person is a victim and a victim is not responsible because it's always somebody else's fault, by the way. <laughs> That's the beauty of being a victim. It's somebody else's fault. It's fun to blame other people for stuff. But we who get the heart of God can be grateful. Real quick, Christchurch, come on. What are you grateful for about God? And don't give me the cheesy answer. Give me something solid. Never changes. Never changes. So God's mood don't al doesn't alter how he treats us. That's cool. I lost it in Chick-fil-A in Jackson, Tennessee. Can I just confess real quick? Oh, I was in a lousy mood. Anybody else? Lisa's going. Ah, it's awful. God have mercy on Chick-fil-A. Somebody else, what is something grateful for God? What, what are you grateful for? His mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. And that is a promise that will help heal a bitter heart, by the way. Thank you. Faithful. faithful. He's faithful. Somebody else. What's that? Asking you oversee, Jackson, yes. Yes. Which means you, we can go to him. We can go to him. 
It's not like, oh, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. No, go running. Go running, absolutely. Somebody else, one thing you're grateful grace, for about... What's that? Grace is sufficient. Grace, it's enough. It's sufficient. You mean even for people who think they're never enough? <laughs> well, that's an idea. Those of you who think you're not enough, okay, you want the truth? You're not. Now let's get past it. He is. And that's enough, <laughs> okay? And it's called grace. It's beautiful, beautiful. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Have any of you been wrecked by the fact that there's always somebody in your relationship, your relationship group, that just can turn your world upside down? You know, you can be doing just fine and all is well on planet Earth, and then, bam, something happens, and it's like everything in your life is shaken. And t- it's like nothing's stable. I have never been in an earthquake. I, I've seen video footage that you literally can't stand because the ground is shaking underneath your feet. I can only imagine how horrific that would be. But we have an ability to be grateful in Christ because the kingdom we have received cannot be shaken. Paralambano, it's not just Lambano, you get it. Some, you get it with something special. The idea here is the, the kingdom. This is my brother, Keith. Keith loved Jesus. Keith's a preacher. Keith, it's not just you get the kingdom. The hint is you get to rule in the kingdom. Now, how cool is that? You know, it's not just that we get to go in, lucky dog. No, you get to go in and you get some responsibility. Let's be grateful because we have a right into this kingdom of God that cannot be shaken. And then... We get to offer to God something really special. Something that, that he would say is acceptable. Last night, Lisa, you know, we were dog tired. We raced to Nashville and back in, in two days and getting stuff done. And, and uh, we were hungry and had a bunch of people over. And so Lisa made this spaghetti. And, and Lisa cooks in the most amazing way. And she said, Chris, come here and smell this. And, of course, you can tell I'm full of snot, right? I know you shouldn't say snot in church, but I just did. It's awful. And, and I, I smell, she cooks spaghetti like nobody cooks spaghetti. And I'm telling you, and that Greek word, acceptable, literally means it smells beautiful. It means it's, it's a fragrance that is pleasant. Oh, Lisa, the way you put the spices together. Let us offer to God something that God goes, oh, man, thank you. That is so pleasing to me. And it's, and it's a kind of worship. Now, the, the word, it's, it's a word that is akin to the idea of liturgy. It, it's, like, it's like what we do to organize a service and how we plan it. It, it means, it's, you know, I'm a, former, I'm a recovering Catholic, former Catholic, and I, and I used to, as a little boy, watch Little altar boys go up there and light candles and they do their, their ritual. And I go like, oh, that's so cool. Look at the way they do things, you know. And, and then the great big event in the Catholic Church is the Eucharist. Of course, they, they think you literally broker the kingdom of God through the Eucharist in the Catholic Church. And, and I would watch the liturgy and I would, I would, as a little boy, I'd be in awe of that. Okay, That's the actual word, to do service, to do something that's pleasing. To offer something to God. Do you guys, um, do you guys understand that uh, 
that like if you replace the, the hand towels in the bathroom or if you help clean up the coffee stuff or, or you help with children's stuff and, 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 or, you, or, you, or you pick up, hint, hint, pick up all your cups after church, you know, stuff like that, that you're actually doing the work of a priest. You're, you're, you're serving God. If you take the trash out, uh, there's someone here today, they've got pain that you are clueless about. And if the Holy Spirit is in you and you listen to the Holy Spirit, you're going to know, you know, I'm not going to go talk to my best friend and go, what's up? How you doing? And just chat with your best buddy. You're going to set that all aside and you're going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to spend five minutes talking to somebody eye to eye, letting them know that God loves them and that you love them and you want to pray for them. When you do that, you're offering a service to God that's pleasing. And you know, we can do it with reverence and awe. You know why? Because what's going on at Christ Church is not a game. This isn't fake. This isn't psychological hocus pocus. It's not manipulation. It is something that we do with reverence and in awe because God is real. He is real here. He's real in our lives. And God wants to accomplish something beyond anything we could ask or think. And now that last verse. Kind of sounds scary, doesn't it? Uh Uh-oh, here it comes. God's taking the belt off. Can you hear the loops? Here it comes. Here it comes. Well, no. (laughs) No. That's the wrong way to see it. Our God is a consuming fire. I spent some time looking at some videos, just goofing around, trying to get my mind around around the stuff. I know you know this. You're you're well-educated people. That the refinement process to take raw ore and turn it into gold takes what? Fire. Fire. Now, there's actually some chemical purification processes, but the old, you know, our mechanical engineers saying, yep, but the old school way is by pyrometallurgical processes, by fire. Okay, by the way, pyre is actually the word that's used here. God is a consuming pyre. All right, it's literally what the word is. My whole point, what I want to introduce to you is why is God a consuming fire? If you have the idea that God's out to punish you and make your life miserable, then we already know the conclusion. But what if God had something in mind so brilliant that if you knew it, if you could see it through his lenses, if you could get it through his eyes, you'd go, come on, God, give me more. Come on, I want it. I want it. Let's look at this. 1 Corinthians 3. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. He's talking about doing ministry, okay? It's not hard. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with God, or with, with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest or revealed. For the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. Though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. 
And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. What is the whole point then? Come on, pop quiz. Christchurch, you're smart. Why is God a consuming fire in the life of a Christian? Why? To do what? To purify. With what goal? To what's the end? Where's this thing going? Forming us into the image of Christ Jesus, Edie. That's what this whole thing's about. There's no other purpose in life for a believer. That's it. All right, Christchurch. So here we go. Three critical questions. And by the way, if you're not a believer in Jesus, it's going to be a little hard to get your mind around. But check this out. What has God given you that is unshakable? We've already done some of that. We talked about grace. He's not changing. Jackson said that that we literally can come to him and ask. We don't have to get tripped up on the idea, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. Come on, let's move past that. You have been made worthy in Jesus. You can come running. Anybody else on what God has given us that's unshakable? Sonship. Faith, what's that? Sonship. Sonship. What do you mean by that, Tim? That's a big deal. Big deal. Yeah. Yes. And that that is unshakable. He's given us an offer that he will not Yes, yes. Tim, do you remember Roman law on adoption? Do you remember anything about that? Yeah. Roman law? Yeah. Okay. If you're a, if you're a physical born son, can your dad get rid of you? Yes. Yes. If according to Roman law, if you're an adopted son, can your dad get rid of you? No. Sonship and adoption are amazing. Whereby we can cry, because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Anybody else on what God has given us that's unshakable? Eternity. 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 Himself. Himself. How about an amazing relationship? Yeah. Anybody else? He is my friend and my confidence. Yeah, and even, and and Terry, you know what? Um, Jesus said, that when you choose to follow him, sometimes we lose friends. Sometimes we lose family when you follow Jesus. And sometimes it's lonely, spiritually lonely, even at home. Okay. What about this one? What is God taking away from you that keeps you from being like Jesus? Ah, the whole consuming fire thing. <laughs> okay, now, maybe we don't need to talk right now. <laughs> maybe we need to be quiet. I just want you to think. If you feel like you're in the fire, why? Why? Is there something going on in your life that God says, hey, that, that right there is hindering. It's not helping you be like Jesus. I'm going to turn the heat up. I'm going to turn the heat up. And there's going to be some flame. And, and you might have some anger. 
You might cry a bucket of tears. You might feel anxiety and depression. The heat may be turning on. But if you knew the heart of God, love beyond anything we could ever imagine, you would understand that he's saying, I, I, want, I want this to burn up because it is hurting you. It's not helping you. This is just not healthy. That's what's going on. And God turns up the heat. So let's just get real quiet. Can we do, can we do a Holy Spirit moment, a little check-in with the Holy Spirit? Is there something that keeps you from being like Jesus in your life? Just a little Holy Spirit moment right now. Two people this morning got some simple scripture to encourage them. Got 20 bucks. You know, that's cool. Simply because they said, hey, yeah, you know, I have some needs. And they admitted it. Wasn't hard, no big deal, no shame. And they got something special that happened. What if you were convinced? And by the way, Sam has no idea who I am. <laughs> he's, a, he's a brother in Christ. He lives in Nashville, just happens to be in route, traveling, and he wanted to go to church this morning. Thank you, Sam. You blessed us by being here. You had tons of choices, but you chose to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Just a brother in journey, you know. You, you guys, some of you know me well. Many have no idea who I really am. Can you imagine if you knew the heart of God, what, he, what God's heart is like? And that, that if God says, hey, Chris, hey, you, this really is not healthy. I, I, I want to phase this out of your life. I want more dependence on me that if we knew God's heart, we'd go, yes, yes, Daddy, I want that. No more games, no more deceptions, no more trying to talk us into things that are not healthy. What about this one here? <clears throat> Let me go in the right direction here. Bend my thumb. There we go. How can we offer to God acceptable worship? with reverence and awe. That's a big deal. Now just, we're, we're gonna do Holy Spirit stuff right now, okay? I wanna remind you, wanna remind you, this is not a time for you to speak up because you didn't get picked in, in soccer when you're third grade, okay? This is not what the microphone is. This is not, wow, the third grader inside of you that never got attention finally gets attention. No, that's not what this is about. We're not making up for something that didn't happen in first grade. This is about you literally being obedient to God saying the very kinds of things that God would say if he were here speaking in you and through you. And if what you say does not line up with scripture, then don't say it. If what you say doesn't line up with the heart and words of Jesus, then don't say it. This is a religious psychobabble free zone, (laughs) 
okay? We don't do psychobabble here at Christ Church. We do truth. We do the love and grace of God, okay? Now, you are the gifted body of Christ. You've heard from the text. Our God is a consuming fire. Consuming fire not because he's mad at us. Consuming fire because he is literally creating the heart of Jesus inside of us. And we have so much wisdom to listen to him and to stop refusing, ignoring, blocking, avoiding the, the voice of God, the voice of Jesus. So you jump in Christ church. By the way, by the way, quick comment. Remember the church that he's talking to in the letter to the Hebrews. These are people that have lost their property. They've lost their assets. They've gone through public humiliation. Things have been destabilized. And now he's saying, hey, it's okay if things are unstable on earth. Remember, you're getting a kingdom that is not unstable. It is unshakable. Your security is coming. God's your IRA. You are the gifted body of Christ. Speak as though Jesus is speaking through you. Why does this matter? How do we live it out as the body of Christ? What do you mean by that, Lee? Well, God, as he says he is, I don't need to be afraid. I'm not talking about being afraid of heights or something like that, but being afraid about uh, health, work, you know, those kinds of things are things that tend to paralyze us, pull us back, make us make us small. Yeah. And uh, you have difficulty with something you're working through in your marriage or with your kids or just stuff that just comes up in life. It's yeah. hard. I, I shall supply all your needs according to his riches. Philippians. I don't need to be afraid. It's kind of the thing for me for this year. <clears throat> yes, yes, that's good, Lee. Rick? Are there two ways you can read question number two? And the uh, first way that I read it was, what has God taken away from you that keeps you from being like Jesus? Well, God will never take anything away from you that will keep you. <laughs> okay, okay, good, Rick. Yeah, good, good. Uh, and then, then the other is, you know, uh, the obvious, you know, there's so many things in our lives that we allow to, to keep us from being like Jesus. And God takes them away when we allow them to. Yes. You know, it's an unusual thing, Rick. Thank you for saying that. You ready for this? Uh, this may be a rock and shock. I don't know. Maybe old news to you guys. Did you know God's a gentleman? Is that rock and shock to you guys? He really is. He's so kind. Can we be honest for just a moment? I'm going to go with my gut. I don't think anybody here has been beaten up by God. I mean, really. Like he jerked you around. Like I'm talking child abuse. You know, nobody here has been beaten up by God and whooped like he took you around the back shed and just whooped you because you're just a dirty, rotten, nasty person. I don't think anybody has. In fact, based on Romans 2, what does it say about God, Lee? How patient he is? And that it's his goodness that leads us to repentance? Wow. Yeah, Joshua, you need to speak loudly, my brother, your soft voice. Okay. Can you hear me now? Real loud, real loud. In, big voice. Okay. <laughs> 
Apostle Paul says that um, brethren, that's concerning um, question number three, he said, he said, brethren, I beseech you in the mercies of the living God. That's the number one thing he said. He begged, like he's begging. He said, let us present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, because this is a reasonable service to God. Now, when we as Christians, on our own nature, on our own nature, we are not holy. It is the nature of Christ Jesus that makes us holy. And that was what Paul was talking about. And this is the reason why Jesus was very, very angry with the religious leaders. You see, let us be honest with ourselves. We know what we are dealing with. We know those things that is drawing us away from God. And the number one thing is idolatry. And Paul made this statement clearly. But what's about Peter made this statement clearly. He said, my brethren, please flee from idolatry. Anything that takes away your time from you having communion with God, that means it's idolatry. For instance, if you stay on the TV, maybe like you're watching news, and if you notice, when the time comes for you to pray, what happens? You feel dizzy. But you can't do that when you're when, when you watching TV or you're doing so many things like that. Those things, because see, the flesh does, can never, never do the will of God. And that's the reason why we need the spirit to help us. Yeah. And so it's our willingness for us to able to be the service of God that puts us under the authority of the grace of Jesus Christ. Because the grace of Jesus Christ is the ultimate, and which is the one that brings that faith, that brings righteousness. Because, sorry to say this, if, if you read the book of Zechariah, Joshua was a high priest, a high priest ordained and known by God. But in his own, he was thinking he was holy, but he had a filthy rag upon him. And Satan was standing there to accuse him. But until that filthy rag was taken off and he was crowned, then for that time was his prayers being accepted unto God. You see, when we take away idolatry away from us, then we begin to see the move of God in us. Because that thing is the number one thing that takes us away from God. Those things that we cherish more, is it your work? Is it sport? Is it entertainment? Is it education? I'm not saying those things are not good. But when you allow those things to take close of you to the extent that it's taking away the time for God with you. How many of us can spend 25, 30 minutes to meditate and to pray? It's very difficult. But how many of us can watch the Super Bowl? Oh yeah, Sunday some people doesn't even come to church. You understand? Those are the things that you do. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so let us, for us to be able to offer our sacrifice to God, there are some things that must die, which is what what uh, was called the Samuel, uh, what's called um, the um, uh, oh, sorry, um, Solomon was saying. He said, "Remove the dross from the silver, so that it will be it will be fit for the what the silver smith." That means. Remove those things that is taking away our chance from God so that we, our body, will be fit to, to worship God in the true righteousness in the grace of Jesus Christ. Mm. Joshua, you've spoken well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for speaking scripture. Christ Church, Tim. <clears throat>
this idea that's tying back to something being made holy and sacred mm. and mm. so you're tying <coughs> right with that message yes. this whole yes. thing of offering yourself up to mm. be mm. to literally be changed yes. to, to be yes. to have your wants and desires essentially yes. burned up but to be able mm. to then be sacred and be holy yes and that is the idea, Tim. Thank you. Yes, it is. So, uh, Christchurch, here's what I want you to do. I want you to believe. I want you to understand the love of God through His Son, Jesus. Do you understand, Tim, just like fire came down to dedicate the temple, to make it now sacred space? That's like judgment. The judgment of God fell on His Son, Jesus. Do you understand this? In other words, you, know, you, may, you may have some private stuff going on in your life, uh, to the point that you feel like you're not acceptable to God and, and there, there's, there's some dirty, nasty little sin secret kind of hiding in the closet back there. Okay, Nobody knows about it, but it's a nasty enough sin issue. It's a nasty, nasty enough pain issue that you think there's a big wall between you and God. Okay, What I want you to do is to understand uh, God is not that impressed or depressed by your sin. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry, you just don't have that kind of power, okay? It's not like you can take the faucet of God and turn it on and off based on your behaviors. God's not that small. You, you don't have that kind of power over him. I don't care if it is the most vile, disgusting, perverted thing you can think of, or it's the most respectable sin that we middle-class Americans enjoy. It doesn't matter. You don't have that kind of power, sorry. Okay, you're not making the kingdom of God teeter just because you've got some secret issue going on in your life. You don't have that kind of power. What I want you to understand is that when you come to God by faith and you understand that nothing will separate you from his love and that the blood of Jesus Christ can forgive you, set you free from the bondage, the chains that you just can't seem to break, so that you can walk with God by faith in this beautiful grace-based relationship. It is amazing, but it only happens through Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, and that means me and you, whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have life that goes on and on and on forever. You have that kind of love. Now, Christchurch, here's the big question. It's going to require a big dose of honesty right now, like a real big one. Whatever that, th- that, that secret thing is in the corner, or you get on a leash, okay? Is it worth it? Come on, big picture, big, big picture. Is it worth it? Or do you believe that one of the smartest things you could do this morning is to say, you know what? I've had enough. No more. I, by faith, am going to accept the love and grace of God because there's a blessing in it that may surprise me and I know God's way is the right way and I'm tired of doing it my way. Would you dare to believe that it's worth it to do it God's way? He is a consuming fire, and that is because he's trying to burn out all the junk that you don't need in your life anyway. 
Let's do a Holy Spirit check-in right now, okay? Get real quiet. I want you to look deep. I want you to, I want you to ask yourself the hard question. That thing you got on a leash hidden away in the back room of your soul, is it really worth it? Are you willing to give it up and say, God, hey, I'm tired of doing it my way. I want your way. That's what I want. I want your way. And if you don't know what it means to be a believer, but the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, this is what this is what a response to the Holy Spirit looks like. If you if you want to become a follower of Jesus, it looks, it's something like this. It's you admit it. You say, "Abba, Father, I I am nothing without you. I my sin has brought shame and destruction on my life, separated me. Would you please accept me?" And you believe that Jesus Christ died for you, and that you have life in His death, and that He loves you. He steps out of heaven, steps inside of you. And you're born again by faith. Would you please pray that prayer from your heart as a child would? And if you do that at the end, I want you to come talk to me. Tell me about it. Thank you, Abba Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, guess what? We get to sing. (laughs) And we got some stuff to sing about. And we get to do it, Joshua, with reverence and awe. To offer ourselves, and even our voices. This is kind of, we're tending the work at the temple here. This is what priests do. We sing, we offer to God. Get yourselves ready. Come on, people, get up on your feet. This is going to be good.